Welcome to Ego Sumvia with me, Father Andrew Eber. I'm recording this podcast on the eve of the Feast of the Assumption, so let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady of the Assumption. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary, my dear Mother and Mighty Queen, take and receive my poor heart with all its freedom and desires, all its love, and all the virtues and graces with which it may be adorned. All I am, all I might be, all I have and hold in the order of nature as well as of grace, I have received from God through your loving intercession, my Lady and Queen. Into your sovereign hands I entrust all, that it may be returned to its noble origin. Mary, Queen of every heart, accept all that I am, and bind me to you with the bonds of love, that I may be yours forever, and may be able to say in all truth, I belong to Jesus through Mary. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I grew up as a nominal Anglican in a small village in Suffolk, and when I was very little, I used to go to Sunday school in the village church, which was called St. Mary's. I had no idea who she was. There were no pictures of her. No one talked about her. No one. We did not even mention her name. She had been cancelled. We think of cancel culture being a modern phenomenon, but in fact we have an excellent historical example of cancel culture in our own country. It's called the Reformation. A whole religion, a whole religious community, clergy and culture, cancelled, including Mary. So, when I became a Catholic many years after my Sunday school days, it was like finding out I had a mother I had never been told about. In fact, I found out I had two mothers. One was Mary, and the other was the church, which is not a social club or an institution, but a mother and the bride of Christ. So, two new mothers in one day, which was great, but if I'm honest, it was also a little bit weird. It was quite a lot to take on board. So I hope you'll forgive me if I talk about Mary in in slightly simple and basic terms, because I come from that position of having known nothing about her. Anyway, so this weekend we are celebrating the Feast of the Assumption. What is the Assumption? Well, the word Assumption comes from the Latin word sumere, which means to take. So the Feast of the Assumption is the Feast of Mary being taken into heaven. Simple as that. It means that Mary avoids death altogether in the conventional sense. How does this work? Well, again, in very simple terms, in the Christian understanding, death is the consequence of sin. St. Paul famously tells us the wages of sin is death. Mary is without sin. She is what we call the Immaculata, the Immaculate, the one without sin. So she avoids death and is assumed or taken body and soul into heaven. We can use another analogy to understand Mary being sinless. The word sin in the Gospels is actually translated from the Greek word hamartia, which is actually a term from archery in origin. It means uh, missing the mark. 
So when you fire the arrow, it drifts away from the target and you get that separation from where you are supposed to be. We, all of us, have a slightly twisted bow, so to speak, because of selfishness or fear or complacency or greediness or egotism or whatever, our arrow drifts away from the target and you have that separation from God. But Mary does not have that separation. She is completely aligned with God. Her will is completely aligned with God. If you remember those words she says to the angel, be it done unto me according to thy will. And so being sinless, she does not experience the consequences of sin, which is death, but instead she is assumed or taken straight into heaven. The arrow goes straight to its target. The Bible tells us something about this assumption. Although the moment of the assumption itself is not described in Scripture, we do have a scriptural basis for our belief. Actually, we have a few, but I'll just mention two of them. So, uh, the first reading for the Feast of the Assumption is St. John's vision in the book of Revelation of Mary as Queen of Heaven. St. John sees in heaven a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars, Mary crowned in heaven. Now, St. John was, of course, Mary's adopted son. He was given to her and her to him by Jesus on the cross, and she lived with him, so presumably he knew what he was talking about. And then we also have precedents from the Old Testament. For example, the patriarch Enoch, who was taken up into heaven so that he should not see death, because he had pleased God. So there you have a kind of Old Testament prototype. And then alongside sacred scripture, we also have evidence from history, or what we might call negative evidence. One of the reasons a lot of sites in the Holy Land are still visible today is because of the Empress Helena. She was the mother of the Emperor Constantine, who was the first emperor to convert to Christianity. And the Empress Helena was, if you like, the Queen Mother of the Empire, a devout Christian and the richest woman in the world. She took an immense expedition, funded by Constantine. She basically had a blank cheque from the imperial treasure, a great expedition of soldiers and priests and bishops and architects and archaeologists and scholars and advisors, and for two years she crisscrossed the Holy Land, talking with the locals, studying the local traditions, tracking down all the remains from the times of Jesus, significant signs, burial places of the early saints, etc. Now, the Empress Helena found many things, but she never found Mary's body. In fact, no one claimed to have Mary's body. They told her it didn't exist. And that's important because a town with a saint relics would become a centre for pilgrimage. And pilgrimage was big business, especially with people like the Empress involved. But no Mary. So if the richest woman in the world couldn't find it in two years searching, we can be pretty sure it wasn't there in the first place. So we have this scriptural background to the assumption, and we have this historical background to the assumption. But all that only matters, of course, because of what the assumption has to teach us. And what the assumption teaches us, fundamentally, 
has to do with following Jesus Christ. It teaches us how we and Mary, as disciples, follow Jesus Christ. Mary following first and us following after. We're all following him, but she goes on ahead, preceding us a little way. So, just to give you an example of this, when the disciples meet after the resurrection to discern who God is calling to replace Judas among them, the criteria they have is that the chosen disciple must have followed Jesus from the baptism of John right through to the ascension. That is uh, the criteria they come up with, and only two candidates appear who fulfill those criteria, and that is Matthias and Barsabbas, and then they cast lots for which one. But, of course, Mary precedes them. She has already done this. She has already done the accompanying, and she is already, in her way, the perfect disciple. So there we have Mary following Christ first, and the disciples following after. In the assumption, in the same way, Mary follows Jesus and precedes his disciples. Pope Benedict once said, uh, When Mary fell asleep in this world to reawaken in heaven, she simply followed her son Jesus for the last time. So Mary follows Jesus in his ascent to heaven, and Mary precedes us by showing us the way that we are called to go. Simple as that. Every Sunday in the Creed we proclaim the words, I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. In the Assumption, Mary already lives this promised future. She shows us where we are called to be. She shows us what we were made for, which is the life of the blessed in heaven with God. So the Assumption is also a kind of promise to us. And the promise is this. If we follow Mary's example, we will follow her journey to heaven. If we follow Mary in her obedience and in her humility and in her joy and in her faithfulness to God, if we share in this obedience and faith and humility and joy, then we will also share in her glory in heaven. Once again, it's really simple. To follow Mary in faith and obedience is to follow her in glory. Or to look at it another way and to go back to my first analogy of the bow and arrow, Mary helps our arrows to fly true. So we really ought to have confidence in her. We ought to have confidence in Mary and in her prayers. We should perhaps bring to mind that last line of the Hail Mary that we've all prayed so often, pray for us sinners. And we should have confidence that Mary will actually do this. She will actually pray for us. And knowing that if we have her prayers, we can in turn have complete confidence and serenity about the difficulties we face. The day before the Feast of the Assumption, we celebrate the Feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe, who founded the Knights of the Immaculata, those knights devoted to Mary, which we still have today, and who was martyred in Auschwitz on the eve of the Assumption. St. Maximilian Kolbe had complete confidence, complete trust in Mary, even in the face of death, because he knew his love for her would carry him to her in heaven. He used to say, I see difficulties nowhere, I see Mary everywhere. Isn't that a beautiful trust? I see difficulties nowhere. I see Mary everywhere. 
One of the practical consequences of that trust can be seen in another story from the war, from the Japanese city of Nagasaki, which, as I'm sure you know, was destroyed by a nuclear bomb in August 1945. There were two churches which survived the nuclear bomb in Nagasaki. One was the church founded by St. Maximilian Kolbe. The other was a Catholic church just a few blocks from the epicenter of the blast, where there were eight missionary priests, all of whom survived the blast and the radiation afterwards. What were they doing? They were praying the rosary. One of them said afterwards, we survived because we lived and prayed the rosary. Now, if praying the rosary will enable people to survive a nuclear bomb, surely it will enable us to get through our difficulties. Pray the rosary. If you never pray the rosary, just start with one decade. Once a day, sit down for five minutes and make a gift of that five minutes to God through the rosary. If you don't do it regularly, try doing it every day just for a fortnight and see what the difference is. If there is no difference, what have you lost? Five minutes. But I think you will find there is a difference. It is a beautiful, meditative prayer. The repetition calms you down. It's very hard to be angry or resentful and to pray the rosary at the same time. It puts you into the presence of the Lord and his mother. It helps you trust, and it doesn't take long. Pray the rosary. Trust in the Lord. Trust in his mother. Trust in our mother Mary, the mother who has been given to us all. Trust in her to pray for us and to bring us, through her prayers and through her example, to our true home, which is heaven itself. Our Lady of the Assumption, pray for us. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. If you have a question you would like me to respond to, do get in touch via email at andrew.eburn at rcdea.org.uk or add a comment via the Podbeam app. And I'll look forward to joining you again with another episode very soon. Let's end then with the prayer of our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.